Hello and welcome back to the Flow Track Podcast. My name is Lincoln Shrike, joined today by Gordon Mack. It's Tuesday, September 29th. If you'd like to contact our show, email us at flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. We've been getting a lot of good messages um, questioning our takes on air. I think that must mean they're they're very solid. Either that or they're just horrendous, horrendously bad takes, which happens, especially when you get Gordon and Lincoln together. It's Kevin favorite. It's Kevin's favorite duo today on the show. What chaos will we cause? Keep listening to find out. But first, Gordon, how are you doing? Doing good. Uh, you uh, you have the sniffles a bit, don't you? Are you okay? Are you gonna die in uh, two weeks? Is that how it works? Jeez, that's appropriate. Um, no, I'm good. <laughs> I you know my whole family's had a cold, and I'm the last one. I talked about it on yesterday's show. Just get getting over it. A uh, couple. Couple more days, maybe a day or two. Yesterday was was way rough. Was probably the worst day. I think I'm on the, uh, the I'm on the other side of it right now. So we're doing good. Apologize for the listeners who uh, have to hear my congested voice. And then if anyone's watching this, I mean they got to look at me, my Rudolph the Red nosed Reindeer face right now. So just from blowing my nose. So doing better. Not there yet though. So uh, today's pot, I think, would be great to. Uh, basically this weekend is going to be probably one of the biggest live event weekends on flow track. And since pre COVID, I would say we have four mm-hmm. live events on the weekend. We got the Florida state cross country invitational on big uh, Friday on Friday. Then you have the live in Lou cross country classic, which is featuring bigger. Notre Dame men bigger. That's live on Saturday. And then we have the World Athletics Continental Tour season finale, which is in Nairobi, live on Flow. And then we have the London even Marathon, bigger. which is live, even bigger, the live on Flow in Canada, Pan Asia. You, you get the, you get the idea. But uh, basically, the end of the track season is near. Uh, the final two track meets are going to be live on Flow. We have the Continental Tour in Kenya on Saturday, which features a bunch of the top. You know, African runners, Timothy Chariot's going to be in 1500. We'll preview that on this pod. And then the uh, World Record Day, which is next week on Wednesday, that's also going to be live on Flow. And we're going to have a special guest watch it live with us, uh, his teammates in the race. So you, we'll let you do a little thinking of who that is. There's someone in this mm. race, his teammate is going to be watching it with us and joining like a little watch party. Uh, to see if uh, the 10K records can go down in Valencia, Spain. But that's for next week, so we'll talk about that next week. But this weekend, two cross-country meets, a track meet, and a marathon. That's a 2K loop. It's going to be a wild weekend. Uh, First, I think we should talk about that track meet, though. It's kind of under the radar. Mm -hmm. People kind of forgot about the Continental Tour. Doha ended the Diamond League, so everyone thinks, oh, track is over. But not yet. Still got a couple more meets, uh, notably this Nairobi meet, which is looking to be a pretty good field. Looking, uh, The entries came out the other day. Uh, Lincoln, what are your thoughts on the entries for this uh, final Continental Tour meet? Well, super bummed I couldn't be there in person. This looks like a fun one. I, I, I tried tried to you know book a two thousand dollar flight and it got rejected by the company it's just classic classic flow track stuff no just kidding <laughs> uh one thing i want to go before i go into this meet um encourage people to write in to guess who the who the person that's going to be joining us watching the the 
10K world record. Uh, you said one of the teammates of somebody running. I, th I think that could lead to a lot of speculation. Um, we know that obviously the the premier guy, Joshua Chep, the guy. Maybe people think it's Jacob Kiplimo. I mean, maybe they think it's in in. It's an in in running guy. Maybe they think it's Elliot Kipchoge. I don't know. I, I I'm looking forward to to hearing some guesses about who people think we are going to be watching that race with. But yes, let's get into this Nairobi Continental Tour preview. The tr you're right. The track season's pretty much over, so I'm not sure what we can really learn. But this meet, with all the names in it, it's basically every Kenyan distance are you can think of. It's kind of like a, a de facto Kenyan National Championships right now, if you look at it. Uh, we go to the 1500, Timothy Chariot running, coming back, had a little injury, I think, at the... Uh, at the Doha Diamond League. He gets back into his comfort zone, so we'll see how fast he can go in Nairobi. Uh, we know it's at altitude, but these athletes are used to running at altitude, so I expect the time still to be good. I mean, it's 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 everyone. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's everyone, right? I mean, Chip Kovic is going in the steeple. Rotich is going in the men's eight. You've got your favorite uh, guy, Emmanuel Career, running his 400. I don't know. Is he, is he moving permanently to the 400? We'll find out. Uh, Helen O'Beary in in the 5K. I mean, there, there's just a bunch. It's basically everyone you you could hope for in the. And I say that. Let me check to make sure. Is Kip Yegon in the women's 1500? It does not look like it. So, no faith, Kip Yegon. But other than that, it's uh, it's basically a who's who of Kenyan distance talent in Nairobi on Saturday. We should say we're previewing this meet a little early, but. Saturday, it will go down live on Flow. Yeah, uh, there it's it's gonna be interesting meet because anytime there's like an elite level competition at altitude, it's always kind of weird because you know you're not gonna get the like world beating <laughs> results. Kind of like when USA's indoors is hosted at Albuquerque. You know, it's kind of like all right, mm -hmm. we know we're not gonna see, you know, a three fifty mile. We're going to see maybe like a four flat mile, but you know, quick, you know, because they're doing it at altitude, it's a lot better than, you know, than, than four flat. So I'm interested to see what type of paces, especially the 5K, and there's a 10K that's going to be competed apparently. We'll see if that gets changed. But a 5K at altitude, that's a, it's 12 and a half laps at, at, at high level. I mean, that's kind of like oh, yeah. I mean I guess it's your it's in your hometown I mean it's in your backyard right you're 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 from altitude you're kind of used to doing this but to, to compete in a, an elite 5k at altitude it seems like a a hell of a way to end your season. Yeah, these athletes are going to be used to it. I mean if it's a, it's running like five thousand feet, that should be not much for them. Obviously, it's not going to be as good as running at, at sea level. I'm intrigued by one entry though, and we talked about it. You you mentioned a 10k Ronix Kiprutu. Known for getting a bronze medal at the World Championships. Also known for running a 26-24 on the roads somehow. I don't know how that's possible. He's entered in the 10,000 completely by himself. Now, what can this guy come up with in a 10,000 all by himself? Why is he running this? Several questions we have to answer. My question to you is, can he run under the world lead of 26-58-97 by Nicholas Camelli? Can he do that running either completely by himself or or with Pacers in Nairobi, Kenya. Yeah, that's what would be the most impressive part. You know, to do it at altitude, to run a world lead at altitude would be very impressive. Right. Uh, 
and by himself. I feel like maybe he's hoping that someone else joins him in this. Like, he's the only <laughs> entry. A lot of times when meet directors put together meets, if they don't get enough athletes in a certain race, they kind of just end the race and say, <laughs> hey, go run the 5K. I feel like that might happen with him. So he might get screwed over and just have to run the 5K. You think he's like, mm. hey, maybe I should just hop in the world record attempt, you know, a few days later in, in Spain, you know? That's what I think should happen. What do you think? Do you think he should just like kick the can a few days and go race up in Spain against Chepta guy and the Well, other yeah, I think the problem with that is Kiprudu is an Adidas guy and this has a lot if not all Nike guys in the in the world record day. So I think that's a complication. I'm sure he would love to be in that race. Uh I guess that is also assuming that he's fit enough to try to run in the 2016s. Now, if he's at peak form and we take what he did on the roads to indicate that he could run faster on the track, then I would say yes. But I think most distance runners right now are giving Joshua Chepta guy, they're, they're basically yielding to him being like, okay, he's clearly the fittest this year. He ran 1235. So I want no, I want no part of him. Like that may be the situation right now with Kipruto. He may just look at the track and say, the 10,000 is my best distance. I'm running in Nairobi in front of home fans, if they do have fans. And I'm just going to run a good 10, solid 10,000 with some pacers, and I'll do the rest of the way. You know, there's a big difference between going out there and trying to run 26.58 versus I got to go try to run 26.15. That's literally faster. You know, that is that is like a second and a half faster per lap. He doesn't want that smoke. Like, who would want that smoke right now? Uh I I imagine this is going to be like a 27-20 race if he sticks with that, but maybe he'll surprise me. Maybe he'll get under maybe he'll get under that that 27 that 27 barrier and and try to get a world lead, which will last all of about a week. Yeah, speaking of world leads, if this is the last track meet uh until next year, we're going to know what our 2020 world leads end up being um like obviously the world lead in you some when you look back on it most of the world leads are actually pretty respectable the 10k world lead is going to be amazing 5k obviously is going to be world record the 3k 726 is good obviously the obviously mile, world record it, the, the mile 351 1500 328 800 143 that's all respectable I think the least yeah. respectable world lead on the men's side in the running events is the 400. It's owned by a high schooler, Justin Robinson. Or <laughs> is he a freshman now? I don't know what he is. Yeah. I guess yeah, he's a high schooler. Or no, no, he's, he's still a, a high schooler, he, I think. But he's technically yeah. at Arizona State. He's a freshman now, right? I don't know. I forget. I should probably know this. He ran 44.91. That's the world lead wow. in, the, in the 400. How did that I think my boy. My through my fingers that's incredible what that he ran 4491 or that 4491 is the world lead well that but but that that there's a chance that a high schooler can end up having the world lead in a sprinting event that's insane (laughs) even even during a pandemic like that deserves its own that deserves its own article and attention that's that is crazy because if you look at everything around it sure you could say like in the 100 in a normal year, Michael Norman's not going to have the world lead in the 100, but he ran 986. All the times are good around it. 
it, it almost looks like a normal year. I mean, you got 1986, and then maybe that would be a little faster. But the two, 1976, like you said, the eight is good. The 15 is good. Everything looks the same other than the 400. Where what, What's been going on in the 400? I guess Michael Norman just like injury prone kind of like I don't want – I don't want to run the four. Steven Gardner, the world champ, hasn't really done it, even though he's done a couple 300, or he's done a couple races. He did a 300, has that world lead. That's crazy to me. Yeah, this uh, the the uh, the onus here is on your boy, Emmanuel Career. He's got to take this from the high schooler. And I think he might. I mean, okay. I know you guys, you and Kevin, liked a little ju- – uh, make fun of me on my appreciation of Emmanuel Courier. I've been comparing him to David Rudisha since he was a freshman at UTEP. Uh, little, maybe I was a little overzealous. Strategy. Yeah. But I do think that he is a unique unicorn-type 800-meter runner who is actually very good uh, at the 400. I mean, he made a, a 400 final. You know, after getting eliminated in the eight, he made all the way to the 400 final. Yeah, he didn't win, but I think we got like sixth or seventh, whatever. But he can, he has speed. Like, he has, oh, yeah. It's weird. Like, he is this 800 meter runner who has legitimate speed. I mean, we talk about Donovan Brazier having good 400 speed. He's run some good four by fours. Emmanuel Correa would smoke Brazier in a 400. Like, it's not even close, I, in my opinion. Okay. I, I Those are some fighting speed. words. Yeah, I mean, I think Brazier would would be like, all right. I mean, it would Brazier would need to split like forty three mid to to yeah. be a Emmanuel Correa type four hundred meter runner. But altitude helps you, right? No, or does it hurt you at four hundred? No, it, it'll help it you in the four hundred. And and here's 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 the thing. Here's the argument for career running under this high schooler led world lead. Uh, his PB in the 400, 44-21, comes from Nairobi two years ago in 2018. Uh, so, and he ran, last year he won the 400 national title in Nairobi, 44-55. So he should, if he's in any type of form, he should lower the the world lead here. But it's no guarantee in a, in a, in a year where the 400 has basically gone dormant. So we, we shall see. You know, you're a big fan of, of career, and he's only 25. The man has a 142.05 PR. Uh, I, I'm not really sure why he's messing around too much in the 400. His his ceiling in the 400 is much more limited to my eyes than it is in the 8. But last year, he missed the 800 final, and then he made it in the, in the 400. So, I don't know. Maybe he sees less competition in the, in the 400. The guy's got to get it figured out, though, as far as medals are concerned. He's run a lot of good times and has basically no, no hardware to show for it when it comes to the the international championships. So he's got to figure out his distance. Doubling, I, I you know, I think that has diminishing returns for both distances. Pick an event and because uh, he's not good enough to truly like double and think he's a medal shot in both events. I mean, we know Brazier's passed him by, and I think some other guys have passed him by too. Rotich in the in the eight. Um, and in the 400, if Michael Norman's at full strength, if Gardner's at full strength, if Curly's at uh, full strength, I mean, he's got no shot. He's like a tweener. He almost needs he almost needs a 600 to be to be an event. I mean, but like let's. I mean, again, I'm going to be a Corey apologist. His first time at his first time at Worlds was in 2017, and he was hurt. He made it to the semifinals, but he was hurt. He was on fire all the way up to that. 
He ran 143 in Monaco. He had won every race in college. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then ran 143 in Monaco. And then he got hurt. And so that's why he got eliminated in the second <laughs> round in 2017. Yeah. 2018, he was supposed to run at World Indoors. But because Birmingham was a shit show with all the DQ craziness, he wasn't able to get wow. to World Indoors uh, due to a visa situation. Like it was all wow. complicated. Remember when that yeah. happened? And then yeah. Donovan got in, but then Donovan got DQ'd. It was just a craziness. But in 2018, he won every race except for one race, uh, which was the African Championships where he got second. But that, he ran he ran 142 last year. So like 2017, he was undefeated and then got hurt. And that okay, Mulligan. 2018. He was literally almost undefeated. He lost one race, but ran 142.05 in London. So he was on top of the world in 2018. 2019, he was getting second. He wasn't that. He wasn't as sharp. I'll give you that. Right. But you can definitely say that. Yeah. So he wasn't winning races, but his elimination in the uh, World Championship, uh, I feel like he was in a fluky race. Yeah, he got third when he needed to get. He needed, you know, we are. I love how we're litigating races from literally over a year ago. Um, He got third in a race he needed to get second. So you know, there's an argument that he just kind of had one bad day in the semis, and 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 that can do it for you. But I don't know. I'm interested to see how his career pans out because he's got so much talent. But when you when you go backwards. After his 2018 year, you're like, oh, yeah, this is a guy who can run 141. And, you know, when you run 142.0 at like 23 years old, you're like, yeah, this is a guy who can maybe be a Rudisha level talent. And he just hasn't quite shown that yet. And then now he's doing the 400. I'm just like, dude, pick the eight and get in there and challenge Brazier. But I know it's not that easy. Um, but who who knows if, if he would have flipped, if he would have gotten, in the talk a different conversation but listen you 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 did sway me just a little bit but just in the fact that like he's had some unlucky breaks but the, run the 800 let's stop let's stop at the 400 that's basically my I just argument. think that we Donvin's uh season last year and him just like stumping on competition this year we are mentally preparing ourselves for like a uh, perfect next few years for Donovan. And I think yeah. that will happen. I want that to happen as a, <laughs> an American. It'll be cool. And I'm a fan of Donovan, but I do think the person I know there, I just think a healthy on top of his game career will be the one to screw up a fairy tale run by Donovan. That's wow. what I think. Wow. Didn't know this was set up to be fairy tale for Donovan Brazier, but We'll see. I mean, as weird as this season was, next year, everybody coming back, a lot of people didn't compete. You know, who knows if we're having fans in the stand. Like, next year's Olympics could be wild and weird. Like, you just never know. So, career has the talent, has all the talent. He's got a faster PR than Donovan Brazier. Like, he can beat him, but that only if he's at full strength. And we haven't seen that for the last couple of years. Okay. So uh, let's look at some other things. We mentioned Chariot. We know he's got the the world lead in the 15, so doesn't need to necessarily prove that by running 328 here. That would be awfully tough to do, even for somebody who's used to altitude. But 
he wasn't very good in the 800 last week in Doha. Um, what do we think he does here to kind of not kind of, but to wrap up his season? I don't see anyone on this start list who is going to give him any trouble. So I'm curious how he's going to to run this. We do have a blast from the past, like straight up 2011. Silas Kiplagat, a guy who's run like 327. And I think his last time he got a medal was 2011. He's in this field. Now, no shot he beats Timothy Chariot here. But I guess twofold. What do we expect out of Timothy Chariot? And then what do we think of Silas Kiplagat being in this race? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of – a lot of times you, like, see, like, from the American side, like, uh, you – when you follow the the Kenyan uh, distance uh, stories, you start getting used to certain uh, guys and names, and you're like, oh, yeah, I, I remember Vincent Kibet and Bergen, Bethwell, and Silas Kiplagat. And then they kind of – you don't see – you don't hear Bethwell from them Bergen, for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Bethwell, Bethwell Bergen, Bergen, sorry. Yeah. Uh, but so, sorry. Well, they they did it. It's Bethel Bergen. They reversed it on the results. Yeah. So that's not on me. That's that's not that's the Fair. result maker. That's the entry maker. So take it up with him. Uh, but yeah, yeah. you get used to seeing these names on the track, and then you can't because I mean, and then you kind of forget that like a new guy comes up, like you were th- a, a new guy emerges, and then you forget. And I think it's. You don't know if it's because they were injured or if it was because they just are not as good. They're just kind of on the twilight of their career. Um, and I, it's it's always interesting. Like, oh, yeah, I remember that guy. And it's, I don't know, it's cool. I'm going a long way of really having nothing to say to your question, mm. to be honest. I'm mm-hmm. just trying to fill time with this little 1500. I think it's a Tamri Chariot's race. He's going to win it in like 3.33. And I just want to see what Sean Dang. Tobin does. He's coming over there from Ireland, representing the Ole Miss <laughs> wow. Rebels. He's going to try to take it to Chariot on his backyard. I'm looking for Sean Tobin to kind of go in there and be like, watch out for me, and finish in the top five. That's what I want to see. Sean Tobin, baby. Yeah, wow. Top five for Sean Tobin. That's going to make big waves. Um, That's like saying, yeah, I'm looking for the Dolphins to go into Arrowhead Stadium and just give it, you know, just hand it over, or excuse me, to – to just uh, give the business to the Chiefs, and the chance of that is zero percent. All respect to Sean Tobin. Um, so, but, yeah, this but is Fitzmagic. This is interesting. Ryan, Fitz, Ryan Fitzpatrick has has gone into into uh, New England and beaten Tom Brady. If Fitzpatrick okay. can do it, Sean Tobin can do it. That's awesome. Um, yeah, we'll we'll see with that. Uh, I I'd, I'd like for you to put your money where your mouth is and and maybe put a little wager on that. Uh, okay, so I'm fascinated by Silas Kiplagat being in this race, and we don't want to talk too much about him because the dude is pretty much washed. But this guy, he's got a 327 personal best. Now that is from 2014. His last couple of years have just been awful. Like he's fully washed if you look at his Tills deposit page. Last time he ran at pre, he ran 404. He hasn't broken 340 in the 1500 since 2017. Uh, what are we like? This is for track fans who've been around a while. Like seeing his name, like this is this is wild that he's in in this race. Like you would think his his career is on a complete 
it's it's on its last it's on its last little lifeline here. So he's not going to beat Timothy Chariot. He may as well he may very well get dead last year. But I'm I may honestly be more interested in seeing what Silas Kiplagat does at 31 years old than I am at at seeing Timothy Chariot. Maybe he uh, is just like the uh, the local entry. You know, maybe he just like won a could be a. Uh, he put uh, his name and his business card at the local oh, deli, and it got selected, and he gets to now compete at the Kip Kiano Classic, and so he's like the, the guest Kip runner. Classic, maybe. Then maybe it's yeah. like that. That no, that was mean. No, no. I mean, I just said that to a three twenty seven guy. I mean, how many Americans yeah. have run three twenty seven? Like none, or maybe one. Well. I, I think, well, I think Bernard Lagarde, I think they switched that whenever they had to do the, the old Mondo rule, where it was like, if you were American citizen and you ran this time, doesn't matter what country you're representing. So I think they, I think it would be a total of one. Um, yeah. yeah. Anyways, well, I've wasted a lot of time talking about Silas Kiplagat. He's listening to this podcast. He's like, why are they talking so much about me? Um, just a big Silas Kiplagat guy. Okay. Like just, just, just. Freaking don't hate on me. Okay. Uh, other events before we move on to some rankings. Mint Steeplechase. This is this is looking pretty good here. Conceslas Kiprudu. He's challenging Ronix for the best Kiprudu in the world. I think Conceslas still has that title. Um, Benjamin Keegan. He's been very solid as well. Leonard Bat. This could be a, this could be a good one. Um, we haven't really seen much from the Steeplechase this year. But this may be the race of the year when it comes to the seven and a half laps and the and the barriers. How happy is World Athletics? <laughs> this is going to sound awful. That the uh, COVID whole situation has allowed them to like make people forget about the time when they just said yeah, steeple isn't important anymore. Mm. You know, like. They removed the steeple from the Diamond League, triple jump, 200. And then the first year we're supposed to have like a steepleless season. We just have a self-imposed steepleless season because Ugh. they're just – but everyone's okay with it because it's COVID. You know, maybe like this was this was the vision that World Athletics had all along to have a steepleless world. And now we're just living it, but we're accepting it because we're just blaming COVID for it. Mm, mm -hmm. because it's like i mean yeah. no one is running steeples anymore it's just like it turns out it, it's weird it turns why out that I, well because there's not a lot of races and i yeah it's good i mean there's a steeple here we got two of the best kip Ruta's running here and then chip coach on yeah. the women's side uh yeah i mean it turns out all it takes is a global pandemic to distract the world from the fact that the that that the track and field's governing body removed the steeplechase from its uh from its primary offering. It's all it took. Maybe next year it'll be a little more controversial. Uh, but I've kind of forgot about it. I don't really care. I mean, listen, yeah. steeple. If you ask me what, what distance event could I get rid of? Let's be honest. It's the steeple. It's kind of, it's, this is just my take. It's kind of, it's, it's kind a of great gimmick. take. I've said that I've, 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 I've been on record saying it. I've been on record. I think it's kind of a gimmick. Is it a hard race? Sure. Sure. It's very, very difficult, but, what you can't swing it in the fifteen hundred, you can't swing it in the five thousand. You got to jump over, you got to jump over hurdles to do it. I mean, that's just that's just me, man. That's just my that's just my take. Some people don't like it. I understand. 
and I, you know, I could never run the steeplechase. It's, it's really hard, but you're just bitter because the, the last time you attempted a leap over a steeple, you like severely injured yourself for like multiple still weeks, paying, right? Still, still paying for that. Yeah. My knees still hurt <laughs> from literally over five and a half years ago. So yeah, I am bitter. I think, <laughs> I think my, uh, I think if this was in the court of law, they would have to throw out my testimony because it, there's a conflict of interest. Absolutely. But that's my take and I'm sticking, sticking to it. Um, other, other, other events to watch here. We mentioned the, the men's eight, uh, Ferguson Rotich. I think he'll come away victorious here because career is avoiding Ferguson Rotich. Enough of this. Me. I want to go back to your steeplechase take. So your steeplechase okay. take is that it's a gimmick, right? If you can't handle the right. fifteen hundred to five k, you gotta put a little, yeah, little hurdles over yourself to make yourself like feel like you're accomplishing something. Does that mean you don't like the four hundred hurdles? Because no, you're a big because... Warholm fan, you are. You've been you've been <sighs> like the number one yeah. Warholm podcast of late. Every time he just no, breathes, I... you're like, "Did you see that?" No, see. And see, like, I don't, I think sprinting events with hurdles totally make sense. Like that is, you're, you're at full speed when you're doing that. And like, I know over 3000 meters, you're at full speed, but a distance event and you add in water, it's not like the foreign hurdles. They're like, oh man, uh, midway through the, the, the second curve, there's a giant water pit. Like, come on. No. I've always said that it's, it's different. It's totally different. Um, if you have horrific technique in the 400 hurdles, you can't swing it. Like it doesn't matter how fast you are. That's why you, you can't just throw any joker in the 400 into the 400 hurdles. They can't jump over it like knees first and, and, and swing it. If you're in the steeplechase and you have terrible form, you can still win a gold medal. And to me that shows that it, it is a gimmick. It's not, it shouldn't be an event. Yeah. I'm, I'm an extremist. I think we should go all way and take away all barriers from all events. It's like, Hey, all you one ten hurdlers, learn how to run the hundred. All you 400 hurdlers, learn how to run the 400. Yeah. All you steeplers, learn how no, to run that, the 5k. That no, that event. And all the 10k runners saying. learn how to run the 5k. All the 200 runners learn how to run the hundred. All the triple jumpers learn how to long jump. I could go on all the, Throwers learn how to just shot. Hey man, well, I mean, we only on, need like ten events. Let's do it. That's that's no fun. That's like saying in baseball, like, hey, anything that's not a home run, it's not a hit. It's an out. It's an automatic out. Like no, that's and bad. in basketball. That's in basketball, there's no more free throw line. You just uh, you have to shoot a half court shot. Like no, come on now, come on. In football, I we don't do we don't do. We we don't do we don't uh, we don't do extra points, just two point conversions. Like we don't need to be eliminating facets of the sport that are crucial. I'm just saying we can eliminate the steeplechase because whenever the steeplechase is on, I'm kind of like, uh, let's go get a coffee. Like I'm like it's time for me to take a break. I, it's just my least favorite. It's my least favorite running event. Okay, Ooh. convince me otherwise. Convince me. Is there's one of the biggest thrills of it is when people fall well that shouldn't be an event that shouldn't be a, be a thing <laughs> one of the one of the biggest reasons it's not like fans of skiing or like what what's your what, what what's your favorite part of skiing 
is like when they crash. No, that's ridiculous. No, that's not. No, we're just trying to talk ourselves into liking this. I don't want this to be the main component of this podcast, but yeah, I'm I'm on record saying steeplechase, not my jam. I encourage people to convince me otherwise in the email though. Let's, let's write into flowtrackpodcast.gmail.com and, and tell me why I'm wrong on this take. It is funny though when you go to a track meet and every track photographer is like, you know what's going to be a good photo? A photo near the water pit. And like, and they, it's almost as if like we've seen they're this cool. photo over and over again. We get it. Yeah. This is a water pit. You got the photo of the splash, but like, yeah, but did you yeah. see it? We got the splash photo. Oh, like every other splash photo that's been taken in the history of track and field photos. It's just like, I guess once you're, I mean, all photos have been taken, finish line photos have been taken all over, but like a st- the good old, like, we got to get near the water pit. You know, it's, it's funny. I think. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think the, as long as in the universe, we preserve like the photos, the famous steeple photos of which there's just literally someone's legs up in the air and their entire upper half of their body is submerged in water. Like that's all we need. I've seen it all. I've literally seen it all. I don't want to see injuries. That's, I don't want to see that. It is fun to watch people go head first into the water, but I'm always afraid people are going to like break their neck. It's like a da- It's unnecessarily dangerous. Like we don't need all that. It's, it's too much. So listen, I've said what I'm going to say on it. Let's get into your, your cross country rankings of which you've dubbed COVID era XC rankings. I'm fascinated to figure out how you've, how you've done this because I looked at the rankings the, the first guy on top, he got 111th last year at NCAAs, and he's two spots ahead of Yared Nagus, an NCAA cha- multiple-time NCAA champion. You need to explain to me how you came up with these rankings. A um, couple things. How you oh, came I up will. with it, why we, need, why we need COVID-era XC rankings, and how a guy who got 111th is our number one ranked athlete right now in 2020. Go for it. Okay, so... If you look at the description, how about this? Do you have the rankings up? Oh, sorry, I was I was planning on blowing my nose for the for a couple minutes here. You, you're you're making me okay. get the rankings up. Well, I'm okay. I want I want you to read to me the description of the COVID era XE rankings, and it'll answer your own question. Mm-hmm. You want to read it? So out it's loud not who's me- who's had the the best runners who have had coronavirus, right? That that's not no, what you're doing, it's right? not that. That would be okay. a that'll be a fun yeah. ranking. I'll read it for you. Overall you're, you're individual, yeah. Overall individual XC rankings among Division One athletes who have raced at least once this season. Okay, got it. Note: rankings are based on 2020 cross country performances only. So, well, that's what implicit. You've done, that's implicit when you say they've at least ranked. Oh, okay. No, it's not implicit. Never mind. Okay, yeah, yeah. got it. That's why Yair so, Goose can be third and not number one. That's why someone. But I mean, who's why would you not? Why would you not? Why would you not base it on previous performance too? Like, just because Mario Garcia Be- Romo has has won a, a joke of a small six k or whatever he won, why would you not look at it and be like, yeah, but Yared Nagus also won, and he's an NCAA champion. He should be number one. What, no, what's going on? Because here? these are the COVID era XU rankings where nothing else matters except for what you're doing in this season. It's not a typical but ranking sh- where what we're are we talking about. It still matters that's how the we're fact doing that it. It, it. But that that shouldn't be. So what have you done for me lately? Ranking. It's not a. Oh, it's not like res- it's not a resume ranking. There's no resume involved. 
I'm ranking like we're like literally Steve, every Stephen single Max, athlete. Max Kellerman. I'm ranking yeah, literally every single athlete. All right. I'm ranking Mr. Luke Cannon, the freshman from North Texas. He's ranked 394th. I'm not going to go into his history to figure out if he should be 20, 20 places higher or 20 too. places lower based off of what he did at the Conference USA in 2017 or at some random indoor track in 2018. I'm not doing that. There's too many athletes. This is based off the of performances you do on the grass in 2020. That's the only thing that matters. That's why the well, COVID era are, XC rankings. I think you were on the grass when you made these rankings, if you catch my drift here. I uh, No, these are great rankings because it's based off of performances you've done. Like, there's no – I'm taking out the whole, like – resume factor or like what i expect you to do you know why i'm taking that out because there's no event that's gonna happen where we get to see them do what we expect them to do there's not a national championship in the COVID era rankings so why am i pretending that nagus is peaking for a championship that doesn't exist i need to just rate nagus off of what he's doing in the reality because there's no like but, yeah he's, he shows up for the championship meet no because that doesn't exist so i have to say all right that doesn't exist champ, conference champion who's more likely to win the conference title mario garcia romo or yared Nagus? so garcia romo it, it, at secs or Nagus at accs it's clearly Nagus is more likely to win dude i get it Nagus is the best athlete that is competing but like i'm not these are different types of rankings. These aren't resume based. It's, it's literally, uh, you you don't get credit for any points you scored in 2019. There, and the reason why too is because like, look who we're gonna have to go off of. Are we? Here's the problem. All right, you wanna know why? A majority yeah. of the athletes who are competing in the COVID era cross country season didn't run at NCA nationals. Right? <laughs> Fine. There's only like, Fine. what, six teams that ran at NCAAs, right? So we're just going to say that <coughs> though every athlete that ran at NCAAs is automatically going to be a top 40 athlete this season purely just because they get to say they finished 200th at NCAA Cross. Like, no. Mm. Like, I have to – there's not like an even field where like – because. And then what am I going to compare it off our regional performances? And like, no, like you can't do that. And then like you had the freshman factor. So I was, and there's, there's no 2020 outdoor season for them to compare. Like, hey, yeah, but they improved in the 2020 season. There's no indoor championship to show that they did well. There's no outdoor championship. There's no season for them to run fast times. There's no high school season for them to run fast times for the freshmen. Like all okay. that is gone. And so – with such limited data, I didn't want to start making a ranking that's all based off like, hey, Yared Nagus won in 2018 of the DMR, so like he's going to be number one forever because no one's ever going to be able to match that. There's nothing you're going to be able to do in the four races they're running this season that's going to be better than what Nagus has done in 2019 and 2018. So then what's the point of even having okay. a ranking if Nagus is just going to be number one the rest of the time, right? So I want to take that well, factor but out. Because there's no point of rankings. But because why is he, why be is he not number one? 
just based on what he did, if that's fine, but why is he not number one just based on what he did at the Notre Dame invite or whatever? Okay. So if you notice, number <laughs> one, two, three, they all won their individual races, correct? Sure. Yeah. So then how do you sort? So basically you're asking me how do I rank? So Nagus ran a dual meet against Louisville. And his time, comparatively to the time that Garcia Romo ran, wasn't as good. Oh, okay. And how do so I we know do it have wasn't common opponents. We at least we no, at least not... have common opponents. Oh, it's not common opponents. We don't have common opponents. The, 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 well, we the... have common race results. Oh so shoot! What I did was Chabosin. Chabosin transferred. I was thinking Chabosin's like on Louisville, so I was like, oh, because he we used no, to no, run no. for Louisville, right? Okay. Yeah, but no, but so. What I did was I took all the races that have happened in 2020 and I gave each race a rating and I figured out a way to make a rating based off of the, the quality of the field. And then once that rating is assigned to the race, the rating multiplied by your time then gives everyone a universal rating that you then can compare cross races against each other. So this is the result that came out. Hmm. Yeah, it's going to be critical of it. That's I I I don't agree with it. I'll just be on record but saying that. But Lincoln, you know. Lincoln, no. But mm. what you're saying is, Nagus, he's run a really fast 3K. He's really good, and he was top. He was like 45th or whatever at cross at NCA at the NCAs, right? Right. So we should say right now he is def he is. You can just say subjectively, whatever, or objectively. I think. He should be the number one ranked athlete who is currently running cross country. Yeah. Okay. But then what? What? Okay. What happens next week? There's nothing that will happen. So if Wesley Kiptu wins every race, he never yeah. gonna. He's never gonna race in the goose. He's never gonna do it. There's. But then we. So we say literally... based on past resume, he's not as good as the goose. We. He might yeah, be. But. but but probably not. What's the point of doing a ranking if you literally are guaranteeing all of the elite athletes the top spots no matter what happens in the season? We well, don't no, have a cross-country championship. If Nagus loses, if, but if Nagus goes undefeated and Mario Garcia Romo goes undefeated, like, it's going to be tough. Is it going to be tough for Nagus to bump up to the number one spot? No, because... The way Nagus will bump up to the number one spot is if his times are fast. Yeah. If I'm just Neguse saying in the top beat if Nagus beats a fast guy from Virginia or North Carolina by over 40 seconds, that okay. will bump him up. I don't know if he runs like that. I think he kind of runs with his teammates, though. You're kind of taking like cross country times. I don't know. This I mean, my biggest thing here: you got two guys named JP in the top twenty. I think that invalidates everything. <laughs> JP Trojan J and JP Flavin. Yeah, it sounds like this looks like the this looks like the leaderboard at a uh, at a PGA Tour event. This doesn't look like cross country rankings. Yeah. Oh, well, look. What about let's let's look at the women's side. Listen, Hannah women, I can, I, can, I can stomach the women because you have a respectable All-American up top. I don't know who Jamie Reed is, whatever, but Kaylee Logue, three. Taylor Ewart, four. I don't know who uh, five is, but you get down to Kelsey Camille at eight. 
I, I, Mercy Chalangot, we've had an entire podcast talking about her. Uh, Esther Gatahi. Like, I know some of these names. So this is respectable. Yeah. But here's the thing. So if I would have just happened to put Nagoose one, you would have never even had this whole take that the COVID era rankings are stupid. You're right. But that's why you should have had Nagoose at number one. And then this whole podcast would just have, yeah, yeah, it looks good. I like it. Well, I would have taken issue with there being two JPs in the top 20. Like, we all know that's not real. And, a lo- like, let's be honest. A lot of these names are probably made up. Like, yeah, I I, I have no way of refuting this. Like, there's got to be a decent chance a lot of these are made up. I do think about that when I do rankings, that sometimes I create a person. No one would know. see if anyone no knows. One would no one would Like, let me, let me, like... Cooper Castellaw, a freshman from Charlotte. Charlotte, are you real? Are you a real person? Do you have a social like security this one. number? Finn McBride. That's a good one. Finn, Finn? McBride. He's a sh- yeah, Finn McBride. Oh, Finn. Yeah. Finn McBride. <laughs> like, so I, guess I'm where not uh, one Rack- Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah, Rackcliffe should be up right. No, No, he's not. So what? this actually makes sense. So Ratcliffe is ranked uh, 135th. What happened to him? Did he ever? Did he race? He did, and he did not run well. He finished like 12th in his race, or 14th, or something like that. Oh, that's why it's all about what have you done for me lately? So, like, is Ratcliffe just going to be allowed? He got eighth. Yeah, he got eighth. Look who he lost to. What? He lost to guys. Why? Why should I look at who he lost to? We're only looking through. We we're only looking at in this COVID era. We're only looking at 2020. So for all I know, Rohan Ashview of Virginia is the greatest runner in the world because I I'm not allowed to look back at it, what he's done previously. No, Rohan. Yeah, he is. He's he is ranked 74th. Well, why? He just won the Virginia invite by over eight seconds. <laughs> hey man, but there's other people out there. There's people running at the Mountain Dew invite. There's people running at the Abilene Christian invite. Again, I took the what there was like sixteen or eight or ten races that have happened so far. I gave each one a rating, and then based on the time you ran in that race, you get put into the system, and that is your ranking. It's a it's but a Rohan- it's a objective ranking. It's not subjective. But Rohan ran 24.03. I mean, that's pretty good. Nope. Oh, <laughs> this is... You're telling me a guy who ran 24 flat and beat Thomas Ratcliffe is not better than... S- there are 73 guys running right now, minus the Big Ten and the Pac-12. There's 73 guys better than a guy who won the Virginia XC Invitational. Come on now. No, what I'm saying is, look at it this way. Maybe it's like when you are in a 1500, right? And you win your heat, but you won it in like 345. Yeah, you're like a 330 guy, but you won your heat in 345. In this ranking, you're going to be ranked as a 345 guy. I just, I don't know, man. Hey, here's the thing. You come back every week, and when these athletes run again, they're going to be able to raise their stock or drop their stock. 
I'm just saying until think, until Thomas Radcliffe, a guy who got third in the 5,000 in 2019, until he's not ranked 135th, and until Yard Nagus is ranked number one, I I I don't recognize these rankings. Okay, well, first of all, you should rank it as the rankings because I put a lot of effort in this, and you're my friend, and you should support friends, right? So that's that's number one. Number two, friends don't let friends do things that would embarrass them. They're it's based. Well, here's the thing: if Thomas Ratcliffe would have gone out and smoked people in a field that he shouldn't have smoked people in, it's on Thomas Ratcliffe to run better. It's not on me to like. Here's the thing, too. I'm ranking 400 athletes. I can't look at every athlete and be like, yeah, well, I know you're good, so I got to move you up or down. Like, you can't do that. That's not physically possible to to uh, give everyone a benefit of the doubt or everyone a asterisk of like, yes, but you did this, so I'm going to do this. All I have to do mm. is give you a rating and it, let the computer spit it out. And this is what it spit out. And it spit it out because Ratcliffe decided to, Ratcliffe decided to sandbag his race. Wow. And it's just this a fact. Is, this, is, this is tough. Well, listen, I'm, I'm going to call it for today. We're, 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 we've been yammering for a bit here. Uh, there's a lot of entertainment in this episode, me and you arguing. Um, just, I encourage people to check out the, the COVID air rankings. And if they're familiar with the NCAA, let, let us know. Listen, I've been giving you a hard time for the sake of the podcast. Um, I'm glad you did these rankings. I understand. I understand that there are some caveats that you have that due to unique circumstances you have to consider. Um, I may disagree. Um, mostly I was giving you a hard time for the entertainment of this show. I'm doing my best, Stephen A. But uh, yeah, check out the rankings on our site. Uh, check out the Nairobi Continental Tour we have them. on Saturday. What's the up? rankings are just – they're overall – but then we also have it breaking down by freshmen, sophomores, juniors, seniors, and we also have team. So lots of different yeah. ways to look at the data. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I encourage everyone to check them out, like I said, and uh, we will be back tomorrow. Speaking of that, I think we have one of the people we argued about today on an episode, either tomorrow or coming up later on the week. I, I got to check on the schedule. So uh, that fits in nicely. Too bad he didn't get to address his ranking in the COVID rankings. But anyways, we'll catch you tomorrow. Oh, man.